Greetings, heathens. Welcome to Hail Satan. This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose. I'm a member of an amazing independent congregation called Satanic Delco, and we welcome members from anywhere in the world. If you want to learn a little more about that, visit satanicdelco.com. Today, I'm going to discuss one of the core values of outsider Satanism. I'm going to talk about critical thinking and the pursuit of knowledge. But first, let me welcome some lovely Satanists that have joined us recently on Patreon. We've got Blackburn, DJ, Midget Witch, Kitsune, Ricardo, Witch Hunter, Angela, Asher, Joshua, Matthias, Michael, Ashley, David, Emily, Christy, Elizabeth, and Adam. Thank you guys very much. I sincerely appreciate your support, and you make all of this possible. If you have a moment out there, please visit the website at HailSatanPodcast.com. You'll find links to join me on social media, a form to send me an email, and a link to join up with us all on Patreon. We have a few different tiers to choose from with various benefits, including the amazing Greetings from Hell, Satanic Postcard of the Month Club. That is the most direct way you can support me and this show if you'd like to do that. Visit HailSatanPodcast.com. All right. If you remember, a while back I did an episode called Satanic Values, where I went over the initial list of the values associated with outsider Satanism. If you haven't heard that, I suggest you go back and give it a listen. My plan has been to elaborate on each of those values over time, and that's where we're at right now. I've written an essay on critical thinking and the pursuit of knowledge, and I shared a draft of the essay with Satanic Delco to collect some feedback or questions about it. So I'm going to read you the current version of that essay, and after that, I will address some of the feedback that I was given. And if you want to follow up later or read the essay for yourself, you can find it at OutsiderSatanism.com. So let's get into it. As a reminder, the value we're discussing today is critical thinking and the pursuit of knowledge. The synopsis says, critical thinking is crucial to our never-ending pursuit of knowledge. This is true in the context of science as well as our personal lives. Insatiable curiosity motivates us and evidence is paramount. There is no blind faith here. And now I will share my thoughts on that topic. For many of us, it can be easy to let ideas like critical thinking or the pursuit of knowledge become parroted talking points rather than sincere motivation. The definition of critical thinking is the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. In practice, you'll find that many people have a much easier time applying their version of critical thinking 
when it's being directed at something they disagree with or have a natural skepticism of. It's far more rare to see it applied thoroughly to one's own ideas, which is a core principle of the scientific method. Evidence is paramount, after all. As for the overarching pursuit of knowledge, it benefits every aspect of our lives and drives the advancement of society. If you need to build a shelter, find food, write a computer program, raise a child, or launch a rocket into orbit, the first step is always going to be the pursuit of knowledge. Phrasing it as the pursuit of knowledge has a grandiose ring to it, but it's something many of us do to varying degrees on a daily basis. Reading a book, article, or magazine is a common example. Taking classes online or in person. Watching how-to videos on the internet. Traveling. Having conversations with a diverse range of people. And, of course, asking questions. These are all effective methods. Most of us are born with an insatiable curiosity, and it's important to hold on to as much of that as we possibly can. As children, we're driven by this excitement and curiosity. Parents can attest to the avalanche of why questions that they are so often bombarded with. Kids have such an enthusiastic desire to absorb new information, experiences, and sensory input. Imagine a world where almost everything is completely new. Of course they're excited about it. Surely you'd want to get a little closer to that thing and touch it. Open it up and see how it works. What does it do? Why does it do that? What can we do with it? What happens if we do this? As life moves on, we gain knowledge even when we're not conscious that it's happening. As the decades pass, it's easy enough to become desensitized. We gain a comfortable understanding of how things work, our strengths, weaknesses, and preferences. There's also important work to be done, like washing the dishes or catching up on the latest depressing world news. With all of that going on, Who has time to bother with new hobbies or challenges? Put simply, the people who value those things enough will make time, and they will be much better off having done so. Critical thinking is a skill or a habit that should be developed and nurtured because it has so many benefits. It allows you to analyze the pros and cons of different options in order to make informed decisions. It helps you identify the root cause of problems and find effective solutions. By questioning assumptions and thinking critically about problems or obstacles, you're able to come up with more creative solutions, and enhancing creativity is always a great benefit. Critical thinking also helps you express your ideas clearly and logically, which can make you a more effective communicator. And if you're interested in greater personal and social responsibility, thinking critically about issues enables you to take a more active and responsible role in your own life and in the world around you. Developing the skills for this isn't necessarily very difficult. It's mostly a matter of altering some behaviors and building new mental habits. That's easier said than done, of course, 
but it's well within reach for most of us if we're dedicated to self-improvement. One of the ways I've forced myself to make a conscious change in behavior relates to the type of media I consume. Specifically, I've allowed myself to listen to perspectives that were previously off-limits. As a teenager, my relatively limited life experiences up to that point led me to identify and register as a member of one political party. As all good American political participants do, I attached that to my identity on some level. And that meant that the people on the other team were the enemy. In the same way that you probably think of yourself, I knew that I was inherently good and that my views were the right ones. Those on the other side were misguided, wrong, or even downright evil. After gaining a few extra decades of wisdom, I realized that the people on the other team felt the exact same way, that they are right and good. It takes a certain level of egotism to assume that all of the intelligent good people just happen to be aligned with you and your views. Eliminating that fallacious assumption is a great first step. It probably started by accident for me. I played a video or a podcast that included someone with views that are generally associated with the opposing political team, and a shocking thing happened. They made sense. They said some things that I agreed with. I was genuinely surprised, and I felt some uncomfortable cognitive dissonance creep in. Intrigued by this unlikely experience, I followed up to see what else they had to say. And as it turned out, they fit the same description as all of the people on my own team, which is to say that I agreed with some of what they had to say, but not all of it. In fact, that same description fits everyone in my life and maybe the whole world. If I ever find someone who mirrors all of my opinions and perspectives, I'll never need to speak to them at all. How utterly boring it would surely be. But of course, I didn't stumble into anything new or groundbreaking. Sun Tzu popularized the concept of know your enemy a long time ago. The art of war emphasized understanding the strengths and weaknesses of one's enemies in order to defeat them. Even if your goal isn't to defeat anyone in some kind of competition or debate, the importance of being aware of and understanding the motivations, beliefs, and tactics of those who are opposing you can't be overstated. I would also suggest that our counterparts from across the aisle are not our enemy. Ignorance is the enemy. If absorbing information from the opposition furthers our understanding of the world, gives additional perspective, and strengthens our own arguments and beliefs, then we certainly shouldn't consider them our enemy. They are a valuable resource that should be utilized. While getting familiarized with opposing viewpoints is clearly a great benefit, it isn't the only one. Another valuable part of this is getting to experience how the opposition sees you. If you live in a bubble of similar voices all aligned with your own, you'll never get to understand how that resonates with the rest of the world. 
When the red team speaks, what does the blue team take from it? What reaction does it cause? What holes are they poking in the arguments? Are the counter-arguments valid? This is all extremely important if one is to gain a more complete understanding. As the scientific method dictates, it's crucial that your information be challenged. While it's fairly obvious that critical thinking and the pursuit of knowledge are good things generally and for the reasons mentioned, that doesn't exactly make them satanic. As with each of the values associated with outsider Satanism, what makes them satanic is a connection to satanic philosophy or the character of Satan as depicted in one form or another throughout time. For example, in the Christian Bible, Satan is portrayed in a negative light. However, he is also depicted as a tempter who challenges people to think critically and question their beliefs. Those are traits that are central to outsider Satanism. When it comes to Satanic philosophy, Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible can't be ignored, despite all of its abundant silliness. In the Book of Satan, Anton wrote, I question all things as I stand before the festering and varnished facades of your haughtiest moral dogmas, I write thereon in letters of blazing scorn, lo and behold, all this is fraud. He also added that the truth alone has never set anyone free. It is only doubt which will bring mental emancipation. When you dig through Anton's dramatic delivery, what you're left with is essentially question everything. The Satanic Temple has also made brief mention of it, stating, Satanists should actively work to hone critical thinking and exercise reasonable agnosticism in all things. As you can see, the inclusion of critical thinking has long been a part of Satanic philosophy. Critical thinking and the pursuit of knowledge are central in Anatole France's The Revolt of the Angels. Satan is portrayed as a proud, intelligent character who becomes disillusioned with God and the hierarchical structure of heaven. In the story, Satan begins to question the fairness of the celestial order and the motives of God. One of the primary characteristics of Satan in the story is his intelligence and curiosity. He's described as being the most intelligent and wise of all the angels, and he's driven by a desire to further his understanding of the universe. He is also deeply critical of the way the angels are treated by God, and he believes that they are being used simply for the glory of God. In the end, the novel suggests that the pursuit of knowledge is a fundamental aspect of being human and that critical thinking and questioning are essential to true understanding and enlightenment. Despite the fact that both Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple advocate for critical thinking to some degree, the communities that have developed around each of them have attracted large numbers of people who seem unable or unwilling to apply any real critical thinking to the organizations themselves or the philosophies they were built upon. Of course, this doesn't describe all of the members of those groups, but far too many of them. It seems strange that people attracted to something at least partially built upon critical thinking would behave this way, 
but that's how it's turned out. A primary reason for this contradiction is the issue of ego and identity. Often enough, the type of person that becomes attracted to Satanism feels like an outsider in one way or another. When they find Satanism, and especially when they get a glimpse of a functioning Satanic community, they see hope. They get a taste of acceptance, maybe for the first time, and it creates a bond and a sense of loyalty. Many people are discovering Satanism after negative, unsatisfactory, or even abusive experiences with other religions. Now they've stumbled upon a goldmine of what they assume are like-minded peers. They often latch on and identify with that particular organization or philosophy in a meaningful, sincere way. For some, it can feel like the family they never had. And for many, it becomes an integral part of their identity. What happens when criticism is aimed at your family or at the very thing that you attach your identity to? For many, the most natural reaction is to defend. An immediate knee-jerk defense. Because of your loyalty or allegiance, that criticism can feel like a personal attack, so it's understandable. However, it's incredibly important to be conscious of this and avoid falling into it. It can also be embarrassing. Imagine you discover an exciting new satanic organization. You watch a documentary about all of the important projects they're working on, and you're exposed to all of these interesting, relatable characters. You want to be a part of it. So you join them. You absorb all of their messaging, donate your spare money to the cause, and participate in as many of their happenings as you possibly can. You're finally a part of a thriving satanic community. Then, someone shows up in your corner of the internet, lobbing all kinds of harsh criticism, accusations, and unfavorable facts at your beloved brand of Satanism. How would you react? Would you immediately begin researching all of the accusations with a completely neutral open mind? Or would you simply write them off as a hater or acting in bad faith? If you found that the unfortunate accusations were true, would you be willing to do a total 180 and renounce your support for the organization? Or would your bias lead you to excuse the behavior in ways that you wouldn't normally in order to save face, known as the sunk cost fallacy? Regardless of which side your emotions default to, you absolutely must use critical thinking to avoid bias. And without question, you have biases. When it comes to nearly every imaginable topic, we all have some inherent bias based on all of the experiences and information you've collected throughout your life thus far. And of course, all of that information is valuable. Those things are an important part of the overall wisdom you possess. You wouldn't want to abandon the value of your own experiences and wisdom, but the importance of finding a healthy balance between relying on your experiences and remaining open to new information cannot be emphasized enough. 
these scenarios only touch on a tiny sliver of where we can and should apply critical thinking, but it feels relevant based on my experiences in satanic communities. When you find yourself presented with risky, uncomfortable, valid information, be like Eve in the Garden of Eden. Eat of the forbidden fruit of knowledge every chance you get. The end. All right. Like I said earlier, I posted my original draft of this essay for the gang in Satanic Delco, and I asked them for some feedback on it. I have a few of those here, so let's do that. But first, perhaps Jerry can help offer a word about our sponsor, Satan Street Coffee. Jerry, I see you've got your coffee right there. Yes, as your resident coffee drinker, I am out here. I'm sucking this down. Hot, caffeinated, hellbound heat going down my gullet. You like to put pretty much anything satanic in your mouth. It is usually very smooth. Yeah. Uh, ethically sourced. It turns out that they actually do not use slaves. They do not use slaves. Like so, all these other coffee companies do use slaves. And usually things I put in my mouth I like to think about. What's nice about St. Street Coffee is that it does ship on the roast date, and I don't have to pay for shipping. They give you free shipping I every am time. not interested in paying for anything. Yeah, I'm ships on the cheap. roast date, like mm-hmm. you said. And for all of you Satanic Temple-loving people out there, you will be happy to know that Satan Street Coffee donates 6.66% of their sales over to TST. Right. And um, you and you can continue to tithe to your cause by subscribing to his Coffee of the Month Club. They do well. offer a subscription coffee situation over there. Check it out on their website, which is satanstreetcoffee.com. And so which one are you drinking over there, Jerry? What do you got today? Today I have the uh, roast from Mexico and the standard grind. I don't have a coffee It's a medium grinder. roast. It's a would... medium roast. It's not the bold roast. I generally try to avoid the uh, stronger sets. This fits you get a little too jacked up. This fits the bill perfectly. It's, okay. It's it's perfect amount of coffee with a perfect type of flavor. So really, it replaced everything in my cupboard right now. All right. Fucking hey, guys, if you're into this, you want some satanic coffee, go visit satanstreetcoffee.com. Hit the jingle. For the best satanic coffee, go to Satan Street Coffee. Satan Street Coffee is the best. Fucking yeah. All right, let's get to our essay feedback from Satanic Delco. First up, we've got Rod. He writes, The current political climate makes it difficult to admit that you expose yourself to other opinions. You can be labeled as a traitor, communist, Nazi, etc., Modern media makes money off the hyper-partisan echo chamber, and they don't care what they say as long as they make money. Rod, this is a very cynical view, but you are not wrong. I've encountered many examples of someone being afraid to share an opinion or agree with something in certain company, and these are not bad people with evil views. These are just regular, normal, good people. And the reason they're afraid is the prominence of the whatever people want to call it, cancel culture, woke purity culture, whatever that is. The idea that if you express something that these judgmental hypocrites view as being politically incorrect or not quite pure or virtuous enough, they will turn on you. They'll try to other you or outcast you. They'll try to cancel you. And it isn't because you're bad or harmful. 
It's because they're small and insecure. And this is what they need to do to feel some sort of power or to elevate themselves. So yeah, it can be intimidating. But I say, fuck it. Be the outsider. Speak the truth and don't be afraid. Now, obviously, there's a time and place for everything. You want to be flexible and read the room a bit, but we shouldn't allow ourselves to be shut down by this kind of insincere virtue signaling behavior. We don't want to live being controlled by fear. Thank you, Rod. Next up, we have Christopher. He writes in, So I just finished reading your essay. I am very impressed to be reading the words that I have spoken so often. You have put into words the way I live my life. I've spent a great deal of time in thought and contemplation in an attempt to live a life of critical thought. My biases appear at times when I have a strong dislike for the person. Yet I attempt to hear the words and challenge my thoughts and behaviors. One of the biggest challenges to face critical thought is the inability of people to admit they are wrong. Once one is able to say, perhaps I could be wrong, then the path to critical thought becomes much easier. In discussions, I love to play devil's advocate in an attempt to get people to see all views. It becomes a growing moment to challenge my own thoughts and beliefs, but also to challenge those I speak with. I believe you were on the right path, and I look forward to traveling it with you. Thank you. Hail the outsider. Fuck yeah, Chris. I agree that it is hard for so many of us to admit when we're wrong. Why is it so hard? Ego is a big part of it, of course. It has to do with the version of ourselves that we want the outside world to see. It's whatever that feeling of vulnerability is, of someone essentially watching you admit to some level of failure, no matter how objectively small it may be. It might make you feel embarrassed. I think we all need to get over it. I think the benefits are far greater if we allow ourselves to be honest with ourselves and let that be exposed to the outside world. Not to mention, if you care about the perception of the outside world so much, you will look like a bigger person for having been able to admit you were wrong. It's not a loss. If your interactions with people feel like there are wins and losses involved, that's a whole separate unhealthy problem to be dealt with. And another aspect of this is what we call the sunk cost fallacy that I mentioned in the essay. It's that feeling that you've already invested so much mental energy in your belief that it feels like you need to just stick with it. And of course, in doing so, you only make it worse. Thank you. Our next one is from Anders. He writes, There is no blind faith here. One sentence to summarize what modern Satanism should be and stand for in the first place. To open a book or visit a website and read this strong value, bam! In my opinion, the search for evidence using critical thinking is a path to truly feel some kind of freedom in this life. Satan, the accuser, adversary symbol against the destructive religious traditions, the herd mentality, and the everyday rat race. To instead live a free, essential life of choice, always question everything, the outsider way. Greetings from Sweden. Thank you, Anders. Yeah, you know, 
I've had some tense discussions recently in satanic spaces, of all things, where folks that identify as Satanists are caught up in practicing a lot of blind faith. And it's actually blind faith in what they would call a religious organization, which you'd think Satanists, of all people, would be hyper-aware of, considering the way they like to generally shit on Christians, but apparently not. It is a bit disappointing. I think that those of us who make a sincere connection with these values of outsider Satanism will find some real benefit from them. That's my hope, anyway. And I've got one more from Tori. She says, I really enjoyed it. It felt like a clear explanation of that value. Nothing really surprised me. It felt very grounded, and I shook my head up and down a lot. It did challenge me in some ways, though, as satanic ideals often do, and I like it that way, particularly when it comes to keeping productive communication open with people whose ideals are different than yours. I often like to boast about having a very conservative military guy best friend, but I'd say we have a large list of topics we won't discuss. It would be good to work towards changing that. Thank you, Tori. You know, it would be good to work toward changing that, especially if there's any frustration or stress that comes from needing to avoid those topics. But there's no need to force it either. If you guys are sincerely able to be good friends while avoiding the topics that you suspect might cause stress, that's probably just good self-care. I don't know a lot about the political feelings of most of my friends, because when we hang out, there's about 14 million other things on the list of topics that are more fun to talk about and less likely to cause some kind of a bummer, you know? It's not like I intentionally avoid the topic. It's just that we don't usually feel any real desire to bring it up. But you know yourself and the relationship, so you'll use your judgment. And that's about all I've got for you right now. I should mention once again that you can visit OutsiderSatanism.com to keep up to date and read some of the essays and things as they get added over there. If you have a moment, you can also visit HailSatanPodcast.com. I'd like you to stay safe out there and hail Satan. Ich bin nicht da. 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 Ich bin nicht da.